Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to McKnight Tonight. Mad as a cut snake and very lovable. That's probably the best way I can describe my next guest. As a host on Changing Rooms, he built a very loyal following, but as the host of Ready Steady Cook, he developed cult-like status. Peter Everett, welcome to McKnight Tonight. Wow, thanks Rob, I love that. Gosh, you know Ida Butro said that to me. She said, she? you're as mad as a cut snake, but we love you anyway. So that's a huge compliment. I love that woman. I, I love that woman too. I cannot express how much I love that woman. Oh, Ida. Um, yes, uh, I would do anything for her. Oh, um, Ida. <laughs> I, I tell you what, we've got, uh, you are mad as a cut snake, and I'm a little worried because we do have the champagne out in our special McKnight Tonight McKnight mugs. mugs. I love that. And it's good champagne. Happy New Year, Robert. Happy New Year to you. Click. Yes, it's 2019. May yeah. it be a good year for all of us. A gentle year, a productive year, and a healthy year. And a few and a job. Wouldn't a job be good? <laughs> a job would be great. What's a job mean? An income? What? <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say, I, I don't know what the future holds, but I'm actually, for the first time in a long time, I'm actually starting to feel positive about the future. Do Each you and feel every pos- day. Yep. Yes, I do. I interrupted. Yes, I do feel positive about the future. And it's, you know, you can only take each and every day, can't you, I find. Mm. And I remember at Sunday school when I was a little boy and this Sunday school teacher used to say, how do we make God laugh, boys and girls? And the answer is, by making plans. <laughs> and that, it's true. I love that. I love that because, yes, think of any plan you made five years ago oh and think, gosh. did it come to fruition? Probably not. No. And your life has gone in a whole different direction. And especially this industry, we've got so many people around us who influence where we're going to be yes. in life. You can be up and then you can be gone. Well, you come down to the whims of other people. Indeed you do. So if someone thinks you're hot, suddenly you are. If yep. they suddenly think you're not. Yep. And we've both been in that position. Yep. yep. But, you know, I have to go to say, if I believe in where we're supposed to be in life, we will be. And when it's time for change, that will occur. Hmm. And that shouldn't be questioned either. And that's a probably an enlightened place to get to. So I had a real issue with an executive when I, well, it was a mutual decision of leaving Ready Steady Cook. Mm-hmm. They thought there should be someone else. I didn't know if they were testing me or not. But I thought, he said to me at the Christmas holiday period, ring us if you want to come back. <laughs> That's a strange power play. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't ring. I thought, it's been, what, five years. Mm. We've got huge ratings. I'm doing the best I can. Just say thank you. That's all I want. I hadn't had a pay rise in years. Never asked for one. Never got the phone call. And I realised that maybe I wasn't supposed to be. For whatever, for whatever reason, Rory Callahan did me a favour by I'm releasing sure it, me. I'm sure it didn't so seem that you, way. So thank you, Rory. The, I'm sure it didn't seem that way at the time. No, it didn't. But it didn't at the time. It didn't. And it was only recently, and seriously, I say... Instead of being angry towards him and whoever this happened, and it happened so many years ago, but it stayed has stayed with me because I've always questioned why 
I was really released and they never asked me to come back. When we had such incredible ratings, mm. making a lot of money for, this, for a station. And as we know, it, it's, it's money that keeps the stations going. You know, that's all there is about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And, and ratings goes- and, dig- and demographic. Our demographic was huge on that show. Um, egos come into it and he actually made a point of going on the record with the website TV Tonight to say he sacked you, he moved you on because it was a hard production with you. Do you think that's fair? <laughs> no, it wasn't a hard production with me at all. Otherwise, wouldn't would have happened earlier for a start. Mm. I mean... Do you think that's a narrative he tried to invent to justify the decision? Well, you know executive stories. Yes, <laughs> I, I certainly do. <laughs> I would think that's his way out. Mm. Um, there's nothing any different for each and every year. They, But I've worked with you, and I can honestly say... I mean it when I say at the top of the show, you are mad as a cut snake, mm. you know, but you're not difficult. You will do anything for anyone. Yes, I will. I'll do – I don't mind self-exposure and that's what it's all about. <laughs> well, you know, to a degree. But it's important, self-deprecation. It's very important, you know, and getting trust from your listeners or getting mm. trust from the people you're sharing with on the show. As Manuthal Dell said to me, after the first year of shooting, he goes, I did not like you very much. None of us liked you very much. But what you've given each and every one of us is a character. And I had a little uh, at the table and a tear when he said that yeah. because I'd fought a lot with them to say, please trust me where I'm taking you. I mean, they're chefs in a kitchen. Yeah. Let's, let's examine you as a person, as a character and give you identity and play, like Manu, play with the French accent. Mm-hmm. Use it. Don't be ashamed of it. Expose it. And he was resistant to that initially, Very resistant. So Very. after that first year, did you become friends? Did yeah. his opinion of you change? Yeah, 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 it did. And w- it was all a lot closer. It was all a lot mm. closer. Um, I don't know. It was a- Well, it's funny. <laughs> when you came on Studio 10... Um, I saw the way the crew who worked on Ready, Steady, Cook oh. reacted when you came on, and they were so happy to see you back in that studio. Yeah. They, they, there was a genuine love and affection for you. Yeah. God, it was sad leaving 10. I'm serious. I loved that show, and I loved the people I work with, and hopefully we changed, well, helped a lot of people along the way. You know, mm. we talk about sort of highs and lows emotionally in life and a lot we used to get lots of letters saying thank you for being part of my family I don't have anyone I can share with and I've had really bad times and you bring joy into my life and light into my life and you and the chefs and and it's that's 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 like that's preaching stuff I mean that is giving back to the planet for me really is I know it sounds all a bit Deep and meaningful, but it it is. We had a role to play. Absolutely, and I agree with that. That's I think what there's a connection. Free to wear TV is all about. I think that's me. something that executives don't always get. They don't understand the connection these shows make with people, and mm. they think, yeah, we can drop this show or that show. Mm. Um, but even you look at the circle um, when that was cancelled. The reaction against that cancellation was huge mm. and people were vowing never to watch 10 again and, and still, you know, the, the core group that loved that show yes. still talk about it. Yeah. Um, wow. When you, when you left, um, it's like a breakup when you break up with a network. Did it get bitter at all? <laughs> Did it get bitter? Oh, n- 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 not really bitter, but... It was a little difficult. It was at the same time we were doing Matt Galinsky. Um, he was the man who lost yeah. his family in a fire. This is really difficult. Yeah, the man that lost his three beautiful children, his wife and their, their dog in the fire, and he was on one side of the door trying to open it, and they were inside yeah. trying to get out. And he had 90% of his body burnt and was in a coma for a number of months. And we used to fly up from Sydney to see him and sit with him. And like your wife, I do Reiki healing. Yeah. And Reiki is a really powerful motif of healing. You know, I, I, it's like I used to be scared of it initially when people say, wow, I feel like an energy coming from you, which spooked the hell out of me because it was new. And then I started to trust and believe and I was guided by other people who, who then, you know, showed me how to contain that energy and how to guide it onto others and how to help other people. It's an and- amazing process because it... it- 
I think people would be surprised that someone like me, who's a bit sceptical of an afterlife, you know, ah. has no real belief. But well, I've you had, had John few, Edwards on the show. I had John Edward on the show, yeah. And, and, and I've certainly seen things with him that have made me question mm. my scepticism. Mm. But I've had Reiki treatments as well. Yeah. Um, from your wife? From my wife, but also professionally. Right. And, and my wife is working her way through um, learning to, to be a Reiki master. Mm. But um, there is something mm. healing mm. about a Reiki treatment. And you might think, well, it's not like a massage because you're not being pressed down. No. It's about energy. Mm. But you come away from that feeling a sense of relief, mm. uh, you know, like, it's almost like tox- toxins are being expelled mm. from your body. Mm. Mm. Um, there is definitely something in there with it. So you were going up mm. and you were giving him Reiki treatments. Yeah, absolutely. And you can also do it from long distance as well. Right. So it's just transference of energy. Mm. And um, and I used to tell them why is in the coma is deciding if he's going to pass and be with the family or not. Months later, when he came out, that was con- this was confirmed. When he came out of the the um, coma, and I spoke to him about this, I don't think he'll mind me saying. But when I said to him on our own, "Did you know when we were there?" and he said, "Yes, I knew when you were there. I could sense when you were there." And I said to him, "May I ask, were you in the state of deciding which way you wanted to go? Did you want to stay or pass over and be?" He said, yes, that's why I stayed in the coma. Is what sh- and not big noting, but that's what I felt, why yeah. he'd stayed there. And that was his decision-making. And he said it took him a long time to decide. And he said it came from the wife and his children to say, no, Dad, we want you to stay. We want you to stay alive and have a joyous life. And it was during his, during his rehabilitation that he met his gorgeous new partner, who they've just had a baby, who is not only like the most beautiful energy soul. She's just, she's gorgeous to look mm. at as well. <laughs> and and it's just incredible. You know, Matt, who's hugely scarred, she said, I don't see any scars. I just see the beauty of his heart and soul. That's amazing. And, and it also shows the intimate relationship you have with him. Uh, yes. So how did this play out? Well, we've always played beautifully together. I, I love him on a professional level. I think his food was incredible for a start Mm -hmm. and he was a very open spirit and you only have to look into his eyes and he as we know you look into someone and they know that what you know and you're like-minded so he without talking we just understood each other and I think everyone on that show would say Matt was their favorite chef I mean the other chefs that is you're right Uh, Janelle Bloom and everything they adore him adore him you know George Calambaras adores him so uh, he's a good soul and I continue to stay in touch with him as much as I can, and but he's he's got a whole new restaurant up in uh, in Noosa. But we were talking about was there any bitterness? How did we get onto him? Ah, I just I a distraction because I <laughs> don't know if I what I was really upset by was that I had phone calls. We did plates for mates. Uh, yes, to right. help to help him out. So this was an event to raise funds for him for to him help him out and to help him out and help with costs, mm. etc. And it was around Australia and anyway, I was all part of that and this is after... Um, you were, you were uh, correct me if I'm wrong, weren't you sort of leading the whole setup of that event? Oh, not really. Um, the, the you were a big were, part of it. They were yeah. certainly promoting you as yes. hosting the event yes. from my memory. Yes, that's right. But the chefs were, were fantastic the way mm. they rallied around him, were just brilliant boys and girls. Um, and anyway, then I started getting phone calls from the chef saying, Peter, you have decided we're not going to have a host because it's just going to be easier if we do it ourselves and da-da-da. And I said, but I've been part of it. What do you mean I'm not going to abandon mm. this and not abandon him? And, oh, you can still do work some other somehow else or whatever. And then I found out after this was going on from a number of the, the chefs, I found out from someone that, one of the chefs phoned me and said, look, let me tell you the truth. And I was like, what truth? And the truth is the tenant phoned them and said, we don't want the chefs to be associated with me any longer. And if they were, they would lose their jobs from Ready, Steady, Cook. Wow. 
iPhone 10 to say I am so disappointed and upset with this. And they denied that that was true. So that's where it stayed and lives. But of course they're going to deny it. But if a chef has felt the need to ring you up, and, and, and especially it didn't make sense that you were billed as the host, yeah. and then all of a sudden the chefs say, oh, look, we'll, we'll do it by yeah. ourselves. And they got the new host, who had a hard time, I think, taking over, because a lot of people kept saying to him, where's Pete? Why aren't you new? I think it, it, it's a poison was, chalice. Yeah. And, and he's a good guy, and I've worked with him on Studio yeah, 10 too. Right. And, uh, you know, it's a hard thing stepping into a role, because you, oh, God. Ready, Steady, Cook was the cult of Pete. Yeah. You know, your personality shaped that show. Well, so this is the weird thing. Sorry to interrupt, but that was the thing. They sent me, a, I was at just like, at nine, I think, doing with Scotty Cam and I were doing a show, and they sent me this thing that saying... That was Renovation Rescue. Renovation Rescue. That sounds like Deb Hutton. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, Deb. Terrible impression. Um, um, and uh, said, we'd like you to do the show. And when I looked at it, I watched... 30 seconds and went, this, I can't do this show. This is the most boring show I've yeah. ever seen in my life. And now I understand where um, captain, like dance people who are big time dancers or, or actors when they're doing an audition, they say you can tell within 30 seconds or 20 seconds if it's going to be, they're good or bad. And you can, you really Absolutely. can. And I'm sure, is that how you think, Rob? I don't know, but the, the, uh, viewers would look at a show and go, no, we're not going to watch this and turn off. Don't give it a chance. Absolutely. Um, you got to get them in, like, it, It's bang. funny. When I've heard – I had a conversation with an executive one time and I watched a pilot and I was watching it with them. So it's a very awkward situation. And they'd made the pilot. They had made oh. the pilot. And I, I wasn't laughing. I wasn't reacting to anything. And at the end they turned to me and said, oh, so what did you think? And you have that moment, oh. am I truthful here or do yes. I tell them what they want to hear? And, yeah. uh, of course, I'm stupid enough. I'm truthful. Good. And I said to them, I don't think you've really got a show. And they said, yeah, you didn't look that into it. And I said, no, I, I don't understand what the point of the show is and I don't understand why I'm watching it. Yeah. And they said, well, it's on TV. And I thought, that's not a good enough excuse. No. No, you you, you are so right. In 30 seconds, a viewer makes a choice yeah. whether they're going to keep with that show or whether they're going to abandon. Yeah. You have to be presenting your best goods yep. every time. Yeah. And and I certainly felt that way with Studio 10. Each day yeah. I fought to Wonderful make every host. segment. Oh, my God. The host, every segment had to be top-notch all yeah. the time and yeah. push, push, push. Yeah. Because if you serve up half-ass stuff, mm. your ratings will half. Yeah. And, and that's what happens. And right. so you have to push. So when you saw Ready, Steady, Cook, you thought, not a great show. No. But you obviously thought, maybe I can do something with no, it. No, I didn't. Oh, really? Yeah, so why did no. you jump? Was it just well, money? Well, no, they said, no, it was not money. <laughs> no, it wasn't the money. They... I said to them, look, this show is, uh, no, it's boring and it, this is wrong and that's wrong. And they said, well, why don't you write out a premise and say how you would do it? And I said... So, yes, the uh, host okay. has to do the work for the executives as usual. Oh, <laughs> so I did. I wrote two Phil's Cut pages saying from a start, the, su the fellow was far too tall for intimacy for camera with other, you know, in one shot with a, a shorter person. And, and many things, camera angles, camera shots, the... Just, oh, you did a full treatment. Oh, God. Well, I, ever since changing rooms, and I learned, I've always been interested from Dave Barber, who's now the um, the creator, executive of, of The Block, he and mm. Julian Chris. But Dave was instrumental in that, as was a cameraman called Terry Cox. Yes. Who is extraordinary, and I love him, and I know Joanna Griggs loves him. And he saw my interest from behind the camera to see what a shot looks like, what's entailed in a shot, from lighting, uh, depth, and just energy and feel of that. Whereas I had the producer saying, that's not your place, you're in front of the camera. Yeah. I said, I want to know what's behind so I can see what I'm like on front. And, I, and that was invaluable. I've never forgotten it. So when I... I like to know what's going on. I like to know... Is that difficult? I don't know. But I just like to know what is going on. And then you can it's be interesting free. That you can when be a free you're, spirit. It's interesting that when you're going for a higher standard, you're difficult. You know, <laughs> as opposed to just wanting the show to be the best it can be. Yeah. That's a really interesting... 
you know, uh, I've said this before. Um, I got told by an American that Australia is the 80 percenters. 80% close enough, it's good enough. I don't like that. I don't like it either. Good. Well, I'd rather be this way. I don't know. I was going to say, I'd rather be this way and out of work than the other way. <laughs> uh, maybe. But I just, I, I've always been like that. I'd like to, I like to see the final shot. I'd like to know what's yeah. going on. Because if you don't know what's going on in behind the camera, you, don't, you can't be full mm. in front of the For me, I, I just think that's important. Knowledge is power, right? Knowledge is power. And it's all as one, you know, and no one's any better. An on-air presenter's no better than the cameraman and the dishwasher or whatever mm. unless you're all working as the one, and that's what I used to do. I used to try and bring everyone together. I'd go and help the dishwasher wash the dishes yes. and talk to the 65-year-old guy who said, oh, I used to be in TV 40 years ago, now I'm ending up. So I'd help him dry the dishes. Now you get back on air, Everett, you're on in <laughs> 10. Maybe that's difficult. I don't know. Maybe. But it was fun, and I loved it. Yes, indeed. And the well, audience did, and we miss it. They still They talk still about miss it. it. Yes, I, the, uh, I can vouch for that. The number of people who've talked to me about Ready, Steady, Cook when they find out I'm in the industry, or even the people who used to come into the audience of Studio 10. I know. The Studio 10 people. Mm. But, well, there's, there's an opening there for a show. I'm sure that Endemol in uh, whoever owns it in the UK would give it away well, to make some you- money. Did you Maybe know that's what it's about. that Kerry-Ann Kennelly did a pilot in 2017? I was told by someone, and not being rude, I don't know if... I don't know about well, that. Well, it never got picked up. No. Um, it's interesting that the network can't just, can't just accept the fact that you are the best person for the job and bring it back. I know, but I don't know what I did to them. I don't, don't know what I ever did to them. I'd love to know. If they wanted to, I'd love them to tell me. I don't know whatever I ever did. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, as you would know, you hear a lot of stories about yourself <laughs> behind, do you know what I'm saying? I behind, do. And lies and deception. And, and everyone with an agenda. And everyone's got an agenda. Like, I, when, truly, when I was at nine, I've got to say, I never experienced any of that. I did my job. Isn't it interesting, though? I did my job, went from show to show. You sh- they just did your job, shut up and get on with it. And that's what all it's about. It's not a popularity contest. Who gives a fuck? Oh, if they like you, you or not. You can swear on this podcast. Oh. That's fine. But who gives a damn if they like you or not? Just say thank you and get on with the show and be respectful but of each other. But that is the difference between a network like Nine and a network like Ten. Um, at Nine, you could have a full-on screaming match with the CEO. As we did. As I, have I certainly did. And... You know, like you fight for your position and at the end a decision would be made and you walk away, you shook hands and it was fine because people had the passion. At 10, if you dared question anything, you were seen as a problem and you had to be gotten rid of. And But where does that come from? But that comes from a, a, a place of mediocrity. As long as we all follow the path and make things the the the, the, the least re- the path of least resistance and that's why you end up with no shows that rate because no one's, everyone's too scared to challenge anything. The reason places like Nine and, and Seven work is because people are challenging each other. They've got the authority to actually speak up and say, I want to do it differently. You know, I, I do remember an occasion where I came up with the first on Nine campaign and uh, someone oh. got wind that I was using Channel 7 footage in the promo, and this was like something back then. This was two thousand, early two thousand nine. Nobody ever did that, and uh, and word had gotten up to David Gingell, the CEO, and I was mm. called up to show him the promo. And you know, before I released it, mm. I got up to level three. I'm walking down that long corridor to Gingell's office, and he's standing at the door with his back up against it, waiting for me to come in. And he screams out to me. We're not going to have a fucking go at seven. And I scream back, no, but we're going to be fucking proud of nine. <laughs> oh, my God. He would have loved that. He did. And Michael Healy came in oh, and John Mickey. Westercott at the time. Yep. And we put yep. the DVD in and I showed them the promo and they all went, oh, that's great. We'll definitely run that. You know, oh, and, and, and you could have those arguments. Mm. And, and it was a culture of... and and. And nothing really personal. No, I think. and and they could have turned around and said we're not going to do that. Yeah, it's about the but they product. wouldn't have looked at me and said what the hell have we done getting this guy on board? Yeah. They they looked at me like he's trying something. Yeah, yeah, different. You know, and and that's what that's what is that the nine new experience? Yeah, it was actually they were really good. And I mean, you know, from David Leckie days onwards, and 
And I knew in the old days, I knew um, Bruce Kinchel, David's dad, and he was very much into the whole spirit, like spirit of life and and discovery. And he was an amazing man, like a really lovely man. Nine's an amazing place. I loved my time at Nine, and and yeah. um, I actually miss it. I've got to say because. People, well, people have a perception about Nine from the old arrogant days, but there are people there trying to make great TV. I guess because I was off doing shows, I was only called in to You're not lunches part of the culture did, of the building. No, of the building. So it worked really well and we had truly, oh, God, some fantastic happy times. You're going to tell us any of them? No, no, there's nothing. You know I don't do drugs and hardly drink. I'm having a champagne here with you and a Rob McKnight cup tonight, cup. I know. It was but a very, a, it's a very I've hot day done... today. We're both sweating yes, in the in the in McKnight the cool Tonight room. studios, <laughs> which is my garage. Yeah. Um, uh, not no. fitted out like Mark Maron's, I'm afraid. There's uh, furniture everywhere. Oh no, it's but, very um, homey here. Yes, but and and I said to I said to Peter, "Should we have a champagne?" He said, "Oh, I'll fall down if I do." I said, "Well, let's do it anyway." Let's do it. Maybe I'm speaking <laughs> out too. Am I, have I said anything I shouldn't have? No. Oh please. Nothing. I, I've said a lot worse on these podcasts. Oh, you have worry? you? Oh, I, I have no. My problem is I have no filter. I'm very honest. Yeah, see, I am too, and oh gosh, that can get you into trouble. <laughs> but okay, answer all me. Right. Answer me this question. All right, fire ahead. What do you love about TV? This is the oh. thing I always like to ask people. It's so weird. Can I tell you when I first? It was Michael Healy and Richard Lyle from Nine who said to me, "Would you like to do a show?" And I was like, "What are you talking about?" And I'd been working on Michael's house. And um, is that how you got? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so yeah, I was yeah, going to ask you about yeah. that. But t- go on. Yeah, I designed all the furniture and um, had it made and beautiful, I think. And yeah, redid the house and colours and bought artwork and everything. Anyway, I love that project. And he said to me, "Well, you know, you get on really well with workmen and uh, everything." I said, "You know, Michael, thank you very much." But, yes, of course I laugh and get on with work, but that's spontaneous. I'm not a performing poodle. And he said, well, you don't have to be. You just be you. I, and I was petrified, I think. with That's why I kept being so defensive. So Michael made you a star? Oh, Michael made me a star. And Richard Lyle for suggesting it, I think. But, um, yeah, no, yeah, I'm very respectful of him. So, And he's one of the few that are still there. You've got to hand it Woo-hoo. to Michael. He's He has gotten <laughs> the Nine Network out of some very tough times. Yeah. And it's a real player again. You know, yeah. like Nine is going gangbusters. Great. Good to hear. But so ten, you... 10 is doing all right, aren't they? No. Really? I thought with CBS buying them, it'd call a whole new look and Seven is uh, I, I, I would say the relaunch of 10 was strong. very successful, but as a rebrand from an advertising point of view. Right. But um, no, I was they're... told by... Sorry to interject yet again, as I do, but it's the alcohol, Um, (laughs) not just me, Um, that they had a big media launch and I knew a few of the advertisers that went and said, A, it was very well done. It was. And very successful in this year to come, coming up, they felt. Yes, but the problem is they made a few promises that have already fallen down, like a 50-week ratings year, 10 share. has been getting really, really low. And if you take out the multi-channels, they've been coming fourth and in some markets fifth behind SBS on some nights. No. Yeah. So um, I think 2019 is a make or break year for 10's management. Right. I think that if they don't um, make it work, that CBS would be looking at changes. They'd have to be. Um, Does that mean when you say changes, changes of the management team themselves? Yes, that would be my prediction. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Oh. Maybe they're looking for a but daytime you show called Ready Steady. Well, Quick. you never know. We've that, got a lot of cash. It would be smart to bring that back. I tell you what, Hi, wouldn't that everyone. make a Welcome great back to alternative, Ready Steady Cook. Wouldn't that make a great alternative six PM show? Well, I think people used to say that to us all the time. Why is this show not on at six PM? Because we it used to be two till three of I believe, and we got a lot of complaints from mothers who had to leave at twenty past yes. two to go and pick the kids up. Yes. So then the ratings would fall off. I, I'd gather, which is not good for advertising. Is that correct? Correct. Well, anytime ratings fall off is ah, not good for advertising. I don't know how it all works. All that. So, so yes, that's well, that's a good story, Rob. But I, I, I tell you something, I loved about. I've been re-watching a lot of clips from the show. Of what? Ready, steady, cook. Uh-huh. It's basically blankety blanks with food. 
Yeah. Oh, Graham Kennedy, though. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, he's pretty clever. He is pretty clever, but Good you know, it, the innuendo, the yes. jokes, the the Graham Kennedy's and, and uh, Ugly Dave Gray's um, idea for Blankety Blanks was it's a dinner party. Right. right, as it should, yeah, and, yeah, and I get that's it. what Ready okay, Steady Cook clever. is. I mean, yes, you're it making was. the food, but it's like a dinner party where no. you're, you're going from conversation to conversation, you know, over this side, yep. over that side, and yep. yes, you've got a challenge for TV and yeah, all that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. But basically, you're having conversations it's where you're cracking show. jokes, you know, you're whipping things and making yeah. jokes or innuendos yeah. about that. Yeah, it's a dinner conversation. No, you're right, and it's blankety blanks. Wow. That's I like my that. hot take. You're a very good host, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> you should be an executive producer. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Maybe one day again. No, that's a good idea. That's true. That is a, that's clear observation. But uh, a change of time frame would have been good because they would have got probably more viewers, mm. more revenue. Well, who knows? Well, it, what they're doing isn't working at the moment. So, look, I, I wish 10 success because yeah, I've been through the ringer with them, but mm. I've come out the other end mm. and I was bitter. Mm. I think everyone knew I was bitter. But I've actually come through it and gone, okay, it is what it is. I'm ready to move on now. So good luck to them. Mm. And and I want a healthy television industry so if Tim succeeds that's part of the ecosystem right yeah yeah so I do wish them well yeah my problem is what I'm seeing does not give me ultimate faith that it's going to do well in 2019 Mm. I Mm. think the first test will be I'm a celebrity which was probably gone to air by the time I get around to uploading Ah, this but if that doesn't work coming early yes um I think you've got some major I think if that doesn't work you've got some major issues but anyway aside from all that Mm. Let's go back to your childhood. What was it like growing up in Queensland? And not just Queensland, but regional Queensland. Regional, Charleville. Mm. I was born in Charleville. 3,000 people. Really? I think it's four and a half now. Might be four and a half now. But (laughs) back then, well, it was probably 2,000 when you were a kid. (laughs) Only a child. (laughs) I remember the horse and cart that um, actually there were horse. Well, yes, the bread used to come around in a horse and cart, and pies used to come around of every Friday night. Hot pies. So, were you on a cart, farm, milk. or were you in the town? In the town, my parents, my parents had uh, the Tattlesells Hotel, and my grandmother and grandfather had the Victoria Hotel. Which, ah, so your family owned basically with the money makers yeah, with the two well, pubs. Yeah, the two. Oh, there were no. There were, well, Coronies was the big. There were the big pubs. And oh, the God, pub's so still there, and I think they still pubs. own it. I think three or four. Three or four pubs in a town of two Whoa. and a half thousand people. Oh, isn't that shocking? I hadn't thought of it. And no wonder I don't drink. I saw, truly, I did see a lot of abuse growing up, and and not just. I won't get deep and meaningful, but even in my own family, I saw what alcohol can do, and it's not a pretty look. No. And um, yeah, I'm not into it, and I don't smoke because of the same story. Is that right? Uh. Just um, brings back really bad memories. When I when I think of regional towns during mm. that period, I think of hard men and all that kind yep, of stuff. Yeah, And you're pretty flamboyant. Yes. Did you have to hide yourself in that town to fit in? Hide? I was the... I was only ten when I left, or something. Right. So but even even at eight and ten. Oh no! I was always just me, young PJ. But um, no, I. I I was lucky. I wasn't really raised by my family in the early days. It was the the customers on the staff of the hotels that raised right. me. Right. So it really was a village that raised me. And I still remember all those marvellous characters. I mean, I, God, I wish I could do a mini-series, I'll be honest. Not so much about me, but of the time and the characters and the attitude of Australians then and that camaraderie and the mateship that, well, the mateship that goes... With Australia and going out to bushfires, you know, the whole town would go out with yeah. wet jute bags and fight savannah uh, grass fires for for the for the farmers, you know, and um, 
And I was allowed, my grandmother was very uh, uh, forward thinking and, well, that I was allowed to go and visit the Aboriginals across the, um, over the line, over the railway line to go to the birthday parties. She was so open and understanding and clear about an acceptance. She of, sounds extraordinary. Uh, she, they, everyone in town used to call her mother because she was a very kind, giving woman. Like, Aboriginals weren't allowed in the hotel in those days. She built an area where they could have their own jukebox. Oh, really? And their dancing. As long as they didn't overdrink and and mm. cause disruption. And on the Friday, Saturday night... But that's night, like anyone, right? I know, but it was just... Like anyone, exactly. But in those days, it was very different, as you know. And then the other... I was allowed to go to the Chinese boy. There was one Chinese boy in town. We could go to his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, And the pubs weren't open on a Sunday. So I remember going up in my dressing gown and slippers. Every Sunday was Chinese night. And the whole town would line up with boxes of pots and pans. And you'd get a gallon of chip, chicken chop so, a soy or whatever it is or satay chicken or uh, prawn chow mein or something, but you took your own pots up. No plastic disposable takeaway. How fabulous is that? I know. That's it's awesome. Wonderful. I know. It's wonderful, all that. I love it. We're sort it. of going back that way now. Well, we are recycling. Mm. That was one thing at 10 I did I was very proud of. I saw that there are, they were using those um, polystyrene cups mm. and I said on air I'm sure the management if the management here at 10 knew that these were being used and that they took 400 years to dissolve on the earth there'd be no more of them and from now on we should have the employees bringing their own cups so a chan- that's the big change that Is was that, that right? was my big change that I well, well done helped. you well yeah and so and I don't know about the other channels but or other businesses but get rid of those polystyrene cups I, I think they pretty much have gone I now hope so. people aren't using them um, you mentioned that uh, your you were sort of raised as a village yes so what was your relationship like with your parents my relationship with my parents well my parents separated when I was three. Right. It's really awful, actually. My parents separated when I was three, and from the age of probably four till nine, because I remember, I'll get to that. So from four to nine, my mother used to basically kidnap me from school or or kindy or wherever I was so- <laughs> and take off and because she didn't get custody of me. And my dad would have to get private detectives. So she would take you from yeah. school and run away? yes. And which is nice, I suppose, that she wanted me with her, but it wasn't. Legal. I missed my f- people. I liked her, but I loved my grandparents and my dad. So that was a very difficult time. How long did that go on for? Well, from about four till nine, and then I, or four till yeah nine, and then I remember sitting in the court, the, the chambers, and he asked me what I'd seen take place with my mother and her new boyfriend, which was totally inappropriate for a child, and also whatever, maybe the drinking or smoking, whatever. It wasn't a great environment for a child to be. So I got my dad then got full, full custody, and um, I, the age of 12, I think it was, my dad was diagnosed with cancer, who I, you know, was incredibly sad about, and um, I went and lived with my grandparents in Brisbane, They'd retired from hotels by then. And my dad was in and out of hospital till I was about 15 um, with cancer. But um, I was very isolated in that time. And I had no one to talk to. And there were no such thing as therapists or anything in those times. Not that I was aware of anyway. So I used to just walk in the rain. I know it sounds dramatic, but that I take my dog... And we'd walk, I'd walk every night, rain, hail or shine, just for hours a night around the block. Um, but I guess it was a form of depression without mm. knowing, I suppose. I just missed him. I pined How old for were him. you at this point? Oh, from 12, 13 till he died when I was 15. And were you seeing your mum at this point? No, well? I hadn't seen my mother for years after that. And I remember one night there was a knock at the door in Brisbane on a Monday night 
at 8.30, which is like, you know, two in the morning in Brisbane back in the 20s. <laughs> and it was like, who the hell's this? And this woman, my grandmother opened the door and my grandmother said, come and say hello to your mother. And I was like, I don't know who you are. I don't know who this is. And you didn't have any memories of her? I did, but I I just had, I told everyone at school that she died. It was right. easier for me than facing yeah. it, which interestingly enough, friends of mine now who have divorced, I say to their, the children, where's daddy or where's mummy? And they go, my daddy's dead. And you go, what? And later the parents the parents They says, do the same thing. They do the same thing to deal with the pain of the parent leaving them. And for me, it's been an ongoing, an ongoing um, search to find that peace, really, that balance of self. I, I'm not very trusting. Um, I'm trusting probably of the wrong people. If someone looks me in the eye and says, this is the truth, I'd believe it. When you, <laughs> I don't know, in this real world, it seems you I'm can't like always... you, though. It's uh, hard. You can't always believe that. You know, oh, or they I, put your arm around you. I had embezzlement for eight hundred, nine hundred thousand. He used to say, "It's all right, you you do the job. Look after me." Someone Just keep signing. took your money. Yeah, I don't want to go. Oh, That's another story. So it's like, it's interesting though. When I say that, there's been a lot of loss in my life. Yeah. Um. So. That's interesting. So, therefore, if you have a lot of loss, do you have a lot of deserving? Do you feel you deserve the best? And I haven't always felt that either. That's interesting. No, I think sometimes when bad things happen to us, I feel like sometimes we think, I deserve this. Mm, exactly. Especially so you if you don't think much of yourself. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, because um, people would say to me, oh, you don't, uh, getting back to that difficult story of TV – or life. Um, I know what works. I know what's good. Don't don't change something that's working. You know the format of the show. They asked me to do what I wanted to do. The way would it work? It was working. Some of them despised the fact that it was working. I had that issue after the first year. Those people got sacked, and we had new producers come. Yeah, who were more in line with the way I thought, I suppose. But. Um, a lot of people thought I was taking it away from a cooking show into, I don't know, a variety show. But what people loved is the variety. Co- that's as, the key. Yeah. As, Absolutely. As well as they got tips from that. Yes. It's like a teacher who preaches and preaches. You don't listen to the preaching, but you'll get the anecdote or something from the, from the joy, from the laughter of that. You'll grab onto it because you're actually enjoying it. So you'll absorb that. You're open to absorbing Absolutely. It's, this is very good. This is cathartic. I'm, <laughs> I've got all these thoughts, frig Rob, I've got all these thoughts in my head that I'm just, it's like all unraveling and resolving well, let, let, let and Let me go back a few steps because okay. you said something pretty big. Where did I go? The embezzlement. Uh, you lost $800,000. Yeah, At what point more. did you think I'm getting ripped off here and did you keep going after that? No, it was a frigger of a time, um, funnily enough, and... S- it was at the time that I'd done Skating on Thin Ice with Nine, a skating show where I broke my leg and I got a blood clot, broken ribs and something in my hand, fingers, just, I don't know. Broken. Another Nine Network show. Yeah, another Nine Network show where actually, oh, where I had no help from anyone there and especially from the insurance company. Oh, really? Nothing. Not a thing. It came out, the insurance company, which I would send registered mail to them and, the, and a huge insurance company, and they'd say, oh, no, we never received it. And I said, well, you have because I've got notification from the post office that you did sign. Oh, well, it's missing again. Don't worry, I'll send another. I sent eight <laughs> copies of that registered plus all the other copies of the same that I photocopied. But by the end, it just got to the point where I couldn't fight anymore. And even the solicitors that I had advised me not to fight it anymore. And I can say this because I'm not naming them. They, they, The solicitors that represented me even sent me to a barrister who said I wouldn't fight this anymore. Years later, a very big barrister in this town in Sydney said to me, you know that all would, that would be part of a setup of an insurance company I said, are you saying that an insurance company would pay lawyers off? Are you suggesting that? 
And he said, yes, I am. Wow. Yes, I am, because it was a big case. A lot of companies were involved with this, with you. You had a lot of um, injuries, and they did everything to hush it up. And you, knowing your character that you probably wouldn't rock the boat. Which you don't. Which I don't. They said you'd accept it. And I did because I trusted them. That was the best thing not to go any further and let it be. And I continue and continue to this day to pay for all uh, ongoing osteochiropractic acupuncture um, sessions that help with the um, dealing with the pain of what I got from that. Wow. Um, no more for me to drink. I'm- <laughs> I've only had half a glass anyway. Um, but it just shows you I am so gullible. Well, am I? I just wasn't aware that I So would hang on, you've, thought, you've lost a lot of money from a yes, failed insurance yes. claim. But you've also, well, someone embezzled your the money. Time. And At I, the same time. At the same time. All the same time. And I remember walking across to my doctor down the bottom end of uh, now Whitlam Square, walking across there in a July uh, afternoon, the wind was rushing in all directions, the rain was all directions. I got out of the cab with all the paperwork and everything, you know, the doctor. And I'm going to tell the story because hopefully it'll help other people and identify if they've had the similar thing and they need to get help. Okay. So I got out. I'm walking across the road. I slipped. I had crutches with a moon boot. I slipped on the road. The papers went blowing down the street. I was on all fours crying. This sounds dramatic. Just thinking, fuck, you know, I'm here on my own in this world. I don't really have any family. What the frig am I doing and why am I still here? And it's just why am I still here, basically. I'd had it. I'd had enough. And at that point, I went into the doctor. I made it into the doctor's surgery. I had a ca- it was a raining, grey, miserable day, wind blowing in every direction. I got in there soaking. I had a cap on. I had my sunglasses on. There was fluoro in the office. And I remember I had my head down. And he said, okay, can you look at me when you talk to me? I said, oh, no, the light's so bright in here. He said, but you got your sunglass and your cap. I said, I know, but it's still really, really bright. And I'm, I had my hand over my forehead just to stop further light. And he said, you're going to have to look at me for a moment. And I did. And he said, I don't think you're okay to go home on your own. And I said, oh, no, I'm fine. And out of nowhere, I can still remember it as clear as day without as bad as I was. I said, no, I'm all right. I said, yes, to be honest, I said, the left side of my head has all been eaten away by maggots, but the right side, it's only a little bit they've started eating, so I'll be fine. That should be all right. That'll clear up. <laughs> what? That's how I saw myself. That's how I saw it. I just felt that maggots had eaten away at my head, and he said to me, I can't let you out of this office because you could do damage to yourself. And I just, it it was that point. Were you at that point? I was at that point. I had no idea what that point was. Did you have a plan? No. And no, but I was clear about that is what I'd seen myself. But that came after I'd fallen on the ground with all the paperwork blowing away and all the rejections from the insurance, which was a number of years, and not helping me with anything and not paying for a frigging thing. And I was disappointed by nine Anyway, but um, I guess it's insurance problem, not theirs. And he said, I can't let you out of here because I'm worried what you'll do. And I said, oh, no, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. So a darling friend of mine, Maureen, who was 74 at the time, I phoned her. And this woman's an amazing healer as well, a great giver, a huge healer and very intuitive Crazily enough, I found her on my mobile and she said, hello, darling, I was just thinking of you. Why don't you come and stay with me for a couple of weeks for, or for as long as you like? And I said, oh, Maureen, I was just about to ask you, could I do that? Yes, of course you can. And she said, just pack a bag or whatever you need and you can come and stay here. You're very safe to be here with me. The doctor then took the phone and got her particulars, etc. He got me a cab. I had to go directly there. And I stayed there with her for probably 
five or six weeks, which I would have thought driving are insane. Not, <laughs> but I was actually pretty good. I started a course of antidepressants, yeah. and it took a number of weeks for those to kick in. And then every day you go, am I any different, Maureen? Am I any different? No, but soon, sweet, I think there'll be changes coming your way and you'll see light. And we, she would take me walking on the sand to earth myself in the water and the sand, which is very healthy. And I, as I say, I stayed with her for six weeks. It was soon after that the Channel 10 phoned me or Rory Callahan, and this is the point I'm going to say thank you, Rory, instead of being bitter and holding angst yeah. towards him, to say thank you for actually ever considering me because, as I said earlier, if we, if we look at that life takes us where we're supposed to be and we have to trust that, and it may not be in our perfect timing but it's in the scheme of our life way to be or whatever you call yeah. that. He phoned and said, I want you to go and do an audition um, and I did and I, I remember hanging, for God's sake, hanging on to the desk after that, I don't know how, by the grace of God, I got through it. I say, I mean, I'm a great, I don't, I'm funny about saying I'm a great Christian person, but I believe spirit and energy is real. And I've got some wonderful people around me constantly. And again, if I have faith in them and, and I maintain the faith in myself, again, I have to say, where I am in life is where I'm meant to be. That's a great attitude. Did Maureen save your life? She saved my life in many ways, yes. How, how close Incredibly did you get? grateful. Well, before that, it was my birthday is October 21. I had some friends come over. Actually, it was after that. It was after Maureen, funnily enough. I still wasn't great, even though I was on the antidepressants and I was seeing a psychologist, a psychiatrist. Yeah. Um, I still felt a bit of a failure. Yeah. And even though you'd had such success on at, big mm, network shows. But but again, uh, and it's, uh, it's not an e- it, like there's never ego involved. It was a lot of fun. I had great people I work with. Mm. I laughed and laughed and played and worked and rejoiced and gave and with wonderful folk in my life that I've met thus far, you know, on-air talent and behind the, the, the scenes and great producers. My God, I, you know, I had some wonderful, wonderful people, wonderful people um, doing, you know, location, location with Juliet Steele, Simon Steele's wife. I don't know if you know them. They're wonderful, both in the industry and the oh, just, just – Wonderful experiences, and Scotty Cam and Deborah Hutton and Susie Wills, all those great people, just wonderful to be with and play with and grow with and mm. and do a show with. You know, just we're out there to produce a show the best we can. That's what we're there for. Absolutely. And there's no room for ego to get involved when you're focused on what you're doing. Mm. There just isn't any time for that. For Although it's television, there's always some ego. Well, there may be, but... <laughs> Oh, that's all right. Let them be. That's okay. But not, no, not, no, no. Just, no, no, no. So do, do anyway, you feel... I'm going everywhere here. Sorry, Do you feel Rob. positive about the future? Yes, I do. And again, the big, I say about Rory Callahan's story. A number of years ago, I was talking to a young girl who lived in up the road from me. And I said to her, um, I haven't seen you around the area for a bit. And she said, oh, my partner and I have just broken up and... Uh, she's in film, this girl, and uh, producer. And I said to her, you know, all we... I was at the front watering the garden there in Kepo Street. And I said, all we want in life is someone who understands us. That's all we're mm. looking for. Is that so hard? And she said, Pete, I know. That's all we're looking for. And I said, look, I've got to go. i going off to the Sydney Theatre Company. Got to go. I'm running late. So I was in the shower. And this is where it often happens to me. In a no... It sounds ominous. But I was... <laughs> I had in a, in a no moment thought. Does that make sense? There was in, a moment a with thinking. no not yeah. thinking moment. That's it. So I, here I am with my face up into the shower head, and this thought came in and saying, "What the hell are you talking about, Everett? You want someone in your life that understands you. How can you possibly expect that when you don't understand yourself?" Wow. So. 
I laughed aloud in the shower. I live alone, so no one thought that was odd. And um, why are you laughing in the shower on your own? Don't worry. That's for me to know. Just anyway, as long as you haven't looked whoa, down and start laughing. Whoa. That old thing. So anyway, so I phoned her on her mobile and said, you know how we're just talking about it? We're looking, no, we just, all we want someone in our lives who understands us and to love it. She, I, I said, I had this revelation in the shower that... Um, how can we expect that when we don't understand understand ourselves? And she laughed as well. And she's sort of this yoga mistress, as whatever you call them as well, guru as well in the film. And I and she said, you know, I'd never thought of that. And I said, I I hadn't either. I said, but it's all about us, isn't it? <laughs> so, but it's true. You've got to find you and find your truth and yourself, your worth. Otherwise, you're only getting exactly what you've asked for. People who get bashed up go, oh, he said it'll be different when I go back. But if they don't change and you don't change and you keep going back, nothing's going to change. So you're always going to get bashed up. You go, that's enough. I don't want to be bashed anymore physically, mentally, emotionally. I've had enough. It's time to move on and I'm leaving you. And you cut those ties. Yeah. And you consciously move on. And it's a very big thing to do. It's a very big thing to do. But again, with um, back to Rory Callahan in the shower, I was having... Not that sh- Rory Callahan was in the shower. No, he wasn't. <laughs> no, I don't think he'd want to be there with me. So I know he wouldn't want to be there. And here I am, seriously, in the shower. And this is God's truth, what it said to me. You've never thanked Rory Callahan for offering you a job. And I don't think I did. But I I was angry with him when he wanted to get rid of me. Yeah, it's a very important point because he so, did give you that opportunity. He did give me that opportunity. So what's interesting is, again, if as I've come to believe or my belief in system in life is we are where we're supposed to be when we're supposed to be there and we'll be moved on when we're no longer supposed to be there and you don't know where you're going to be moving on to and why. Or for how long you may not be doing what you want to do, but keep doing and improving in yourself and, you know, be whole in yourself, even though you're not doing exactly what you want to be doing. Does that make any sense? It does. And I hope to see you on the TV again very soon in a regular role because you are fascinating. And this, I'll be honest, oh, yes. this conversation has taken turns I didn't expect. Are you serious? I always do my research. But you have taken me in paths, unexpected paths. Mm. Your honesty, it's so you, and it's not the champagne, it's its you no, being honest. Um, I think you are quite an extraordinary man, and I'm i am glad to be able to call you a friend. Oh, Robbo, thank you. Yeah, very much so. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, I wish you the very best in life too. Maybe we'll work together again. I hope so. You never know That'd where life fun. takes us. I'm a tough us. task master. Oh, that's fine. I, I love direction. <laughs> I uh, I remember a Christmas episode you did on Studio 10 that went completely haywire and I loved it. Oh, good. <laughs> I was I wearing a it. G-string or a jock? Remember that uh, one? Uh, yes. I don't know what, what that what was. What episode you I were wearing I a G-string down to on Sydney the show? And I didn't have of... any underwear and a friend of mine lent me his... Oh, Is that what I say that, that a jock strap that he wears at gym? And my pants half fell down and no one wants to know that scene or I, vision. I feel in... like it was an Australia Day episode or yes, something. Yes, it was. We were outside in the courtyard. Yes. And you were doing something and turned your back to camera and we all saw this green G-string and we're all like, what the hell what are you the wearing? Hell is Pete getting up to this time? Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Happy Australia Day. Maybe that's what it was. Uh, it's been so fantastic to talk to you. Thank you so much for being on McNight tonight. Happy New Year, everybody. Absolutely. And you can find Pete on Facebook at facebook.com slash Mr. Peter Everett and on Twitter at the Peter Everett. Pete, you are a legend. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Rob. Fun, insightful interviews from a watchdog producer with nothing to lose. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.